There was another dead man aboard the Constellation. Sam Burnett shook his long head, trying to think clearly. Pallid and quiet, three bodies lay on the cold, transparent tables around him. Machines stirred, revolved, hummed. He didn't see them. He didn't see anything but a red haze over his mind. It blotted out the far wall of the laboratory where the shelves went up and down, numbered and scarlet, keeping the bodies of soldiers from all further harm. Burnett didn't move. He stood there in his rumpled white surgical gown, staring at his fingers gloved in bone-white rubber, feeling all tight and wild inside himself. It went on for days. Moving the ship, opening the starport, extending the retriever claw, plucking some poor warrior's body out of the void. He didn't like it anymore. Ten years is too long to go back and forth from Earth to nowhere. He came out empty and went back full cargoed with a lot of warriors who didn't laugh or talk or smoke, who just lay on their shelves, all one hundred of them, waiting for a decent burial. Number 98, coming matter-of-fact and slow, Rice's voice from the ceiling radio hit Burnett. Number 98, Burnett repeated, working on 95, 96, and 97 now. Blood pumps, preservatives, slight surgery. Off a million miles away, his voice was talking. It sounded deep. Didn't belong to him anymore, Rice said. Boy, oh, body. Two more pickups and back to New York. Me for a ten-day drunk. Burnett peeled the gloves off his huge red soft hands, slapped them into a floor incinerator mouth, back to earth, then spin around and shoot right out again in the trail of the war rockets that blasted one another in galactic fury to sidle up behind gutted wrecks of ships, salvaging any body still intact after the conflict. Two men, Rice and himself, sharing a cozy morgue ship with a hundred other men who had forgotten, quite suddenly, however, to talk again. Ten years of it. Every hour of those ten years eating like maggots inside, working out to the surface of Burnett's face, working under the husk of his starved eyes and starved limbs. Starved for life, starved for action. This would be his last trip, or he'd know the reason why. Sam! Burnett jerked. Rice's voice clipped through the drainage preservative lab, bounded against glassite retorts, echoed from the refrigerator shelves. Burnett stared at the tabled bodies as if they would leap to life, even while preservative was being pumped into their veins. Sam, on the double! Up the rungs! Burnett closed his eyes and said a couple of words firmly. Nothing was worth running for anymore. Another body. There'd been one hundred thousand bodies preceding it. Nothing unusual about a body with blood cooling in it. Shaking his head, he walked unsteadily toward the rungs that gleamed up into the airlock control room sector of the rocket. He climbed without making any noise on the rungs. Kept thinking the one thing he couldn't forget. You never catch up with the war. All the colors ahead of you. The drive of orange rocket traces across stars, the whamming of steel-nosed bombs into elusive targets, the titanic explosions and breathless pursuits, the flags and the excited glory are always a million miles ahead. He bit his teeth together. You never catch up with the war. You come along when space has settled back, when the vacuum has stopped trembling from the unleashed forces between worlds. 
You come along in the dark quiet of death to find the wreckage plunging with all the fury of its original acceleration in no particular direction. You can only see it. You don't hear anything in space but your own heart kicking your ribs. You see bodies, each in its own terrific orbit, given impetus by grinding collisions tossed from motherships and dancing head over feet forever and forever with no goal. Bits of flesh in ruptured spacesuits, mouths open for air that had never been there in a hundred billion centuries. And they kept dancing without music until you extended the retriever claw and culled them back into the airlock. That was all the war glory he got. Nothing but the stunned, shivering silence, the memory of rockets long gone, and the shelves filling up all too quickly with men who had once loved laughing.